Welcome to Answer the Call. I'm your host and go-to career coach, Kelsey Kemp. If you're a new friend around here, I wanted to say welcome. I am so glad that you're here. I hope you learned something new about how to identify your unique God-given purpose and leave equipped to start building a career that's actually aligned with it. And I care about this so much because I know we all feel the importance and desire of having the joy of having fulfilling, impactful work in this life we've been given. So stick around, subscribe, and join me here each Tuesday. And if you're an old friend, I also wanted to say welcome back. It would make my day to hear your thoughts about this show and how Answer the Call has helped you just by dropping that in a written review as you're listening to today's episode. Speaking of today's episode, let's get right into it. So question for you, (laughs) have you ever come across couples that just make you stop in your tracks and say, what on earth? What a power couple. How do they do it? I don't understand. They're like little unicorns that I feel like I need to capture and study to see how I could learn to create a relational dynamic like that in a business partnership like that. Okay. Is that a little bit creepy? Um, mm, quite potentially, yes, okay, a little bit creepy, but consider this podcast your opportunity to see a unicorn couple in action and learn from them. I am talking about my friends Katie and Alex from Katie Hewitt Photography. You will be so enriched by the wisdom they have to share as people who have built a thriving business and learned how to create a joyful, harmonious partnership in marriage as well as business. What? Uh, Katie and I met on a study abroad trip in college the summer before our senior year in which we traveled to seven different Western European countries over the course of a month. It was so special and crazy. (laughs) We got to go to incredible company visits like the headquarters of companies like BMW and Swarovski Crystals and Harrods in London and a beautiful perfume factory outside of Monaco. Oh my goodness. It was quite the way to start off our friendship. And in nearly the five years since that time, I have really had the joy of watching Katie build her photography business from a passion project in college to now a flourishing wedding photography business that she took full time right to much success right after graduation, which was just such an incredible feat uh, and accomplishment. And in the four years since taking her business full time, Katie's husband, Alex, has joined her as a business partner, which is just so cool to see and learn from. And their success isn't just measured by the glowing testimonials they've received from the couples they've served, but also by the abundance of press they've received in magazines like Southern Living, Bliss Bridal Magazine, and Six features and counting in the Brides of Houston magazine. Katie and Alex have also received the Best of Weddings Award by The Knot in 2019 and were also awarded a spot on the list of the 13 best wedding photographers in Houston. So... As you could see, Katie and Alex have no shortage of accolades, and you could learn more about their incredible work at katiehewitt.com. That's spelled K-A-T-I, Katie, Hewitt, H-E-W-I-T-T dot com. Also, Stick around to the end of this episode where you'll hear me share a bonus clip um, in which I share my thoughts on some steps I have noticed Katie take over the years that has helped her do exceptionally well in business. Because remember, like we've been friends for years and for the first two years out of college, I was kind of watching her... um, develop this business from afar and I was so inspired and I looked back um, and I just remember some things I noticed she did that I really think helped her in business and I learned even more from her in detail in this episode. So I wanted to distill some of the lessons I have learned and inspiration I have taken from Katie and Alex um, as I have built my own business as well. Uh, And I wanted to distill that so you could take it as actionable tangible um, steps that you could take if you're also interested in starting your own business one day. So stick around to hear some pro tips that can help you do that if that is something you've always wanted to do. But without further ado, 
Here is my conversation with Katie and Alex. Katie and Alex, I am so excited to have both of you here. I am especially excited to dig into your story and hear all the wisdom that comes from your experience, both as starting a small business and also working harmoniously together as business partners, which is just a grand mystery and intrigue to us all. So very excited. Thank you and welcome. Well, Kelsey, thank you so much for having us. You're such a wealth of knowledge to all of your listeners, and we're just so excited to be a part of everything. And we think it's really awesome that we get to do this together and share a story with everyone. Oh, gosh, you flatter me. You got me blushing. What? Okay, got to focus. Keep it together, Kim. You got this. So um, I would love to kick things off just with a little intro from you both. Like, who are you? That could get real philosophical. So how about like, where do you live and what do you do? Well, I'm Katie and I'm the owner of Katie Hewitt Photography and I'm the lead photographer. And I'm Alex. I'm the second photographer and business partner. And we're based in Houston, Texas. We're a husband and wife team who photographs joyful weddings all over Texas and beyond. Um, and we've been raised in Houston and we've been here basically our entire lives. Mm-hmm. Okay, first, I want to say, since clearly you could do anything you want on your phone as you're listening to a podcast for visuals, I feel like people should instantly just go look up your Instagram for all of the beautiful photography. So just drop that handle. Katie, say it. What's your Instagram handle? Thanks, Kelsey. It's Katie Hewitt Photo, and it's Katie spelled K-A-T-I. I know it's weird. There's no E at the end. Very exotic. Also, I would love to know what is the coolest location you've ever shot in? Because I know that y'all have traveled quite a bit for weddings too. Yeah, it seems like a lot of our weddings are all over Houston, but we've definitely had some really neat opportunities that took us somewhere out of the ordinary. I guess the one that comes to mind is... In Cabo, yeah. Yeah, we went to Cabo <laughs> back in 2017. And we shot the whole wedding barefoot on the beach, wearing what? a sundress. It was amazing. Um, and now it's actually really interesting because we have the opportunity to photograph that bride's sister's wedding local to Houston. And that one's going to be more traditional, like in a Catholic church. And so it's really cool that we've made a really great connection with that family. And we get to be a part of a celebration that's like incredibly different, but still going to be awesome. <laughs> that's so fun. I, okay. One of those moments where you're just like, ah, self-employed life, heck yeah, you know, like working with your shoes off in the sand, I don't know. <laughs> of course, there's other realities to it that I'm sure we'll get into, but um, going a little bit more into the background story of it all, where did you guys grow up and how did you meet? So we grew up in Katy, Texas, just outside of Houston. Um, we both went to the same high school. Um, I guess we've known each about each other for a while, but we never actually talked until end of junior year, beginning of senior year of high school, and kind of just went from there. And then went yeah, to look at you now. <laughs> you want to tell them exactly how we met? It's kind of <laughs> well, it's, yeah. So we started playing words with friends together just because we knew each other's names, and we were just adding a bunch of people from our high school just past time, I guess. And one of the people who added me was Katie. And we just started playing with friends. And then we started using the chat feature and we started chatting. Yeah, very convenient, that <laughs> chat feature. That definitely just breaks the ice between players, you know? <laughs> In big ways, apparently. Look, yeah. oh my gosh, I feel like is there? you should leave a review somewhere if that's still a thing, like on the app store. Like, this made a marriage. <laughs> We've talked about that. It's really funny. Oh, yeah. We got married in 2016, and we were like, is this, like, the ultimate love story? (laughs) We're like, we met basically on Words with Friends, and here we are getting married. The words brought us together. We really thought about contacting our customer service or something, but I guess we just got too busy or we forgot. (laughs) Dang. Well, I feel like you could go back. You know, never – the chance isn't lost. This is, like – a very unique version of a dating app (laughs) that was not intended to be a dating app anyway um so we the three of us we all met in college you want to just say where that is (laughs) yeah so all of us went to texas a&m university and i actually met kelsey what it was on the study abroad trip right yes oh my gosh take us back although i'm not quite sure if i want to be taken back because like 
realistically speaking, 80 people on a tour bus is not my favorite way to travel, but so grateful it connected us. <laughs> it was quite the bonding experience. I think that really fueled my fire for all things travel. I already kind of had that travel bug, but after that trip, it was just, you couldn't turn it off. You couldn't stop it. <laughs> yes, uh, but I'm guessing more on your own terms and not on the, the grand student agenda. Um, but I am curious if you, like, think back to your high school self or your college self, early college. Would you, did you already know what you wanted to do? Like, would you have guessed that you would be doing what you do now? I guess looking back, I got my first camera when I was in junior high and I was on the yearbook staff. And so my dad knew I loved taking pictures and he bought me my first starter camera set. And so I had a camera in my hand at a very early age. And then just going in to high school, it was my favorite thing I had been a part of. So I tried to pursue it in as many ways as possible in high school. It was probably obnoxious. Like I was the yearbook editor. I was the historian of my dance team. And I was even taking senior portraits of my friends by senior year. So I think looking back, the wheels had already started turning at that really young age. And then when I got to college and I decided to be a business major, it almost made sense that every class I did and um, everything that really determined the path I took in college was geared towards photography in some way. So I guess I would say I'm not super surprised. <laughs> That's so cool. You both are just so consistent, which I, uh, when we talked prior to this recording, like, okay, what, what do you want to share? Like, what are your ideas and stuff? And I asked you, like, would you have guessed what you'd be doing now? Um, and for some people, it's like, no, never. What? Such a surprise. And y'all are like, well, we're kind of boring. I was like, that's a lie. It's so important to have, like, this case study that actually people in high school can, like, honor and dignify the dreams that they have, and it certainly could still happen, and you could know what you want to do, and it'll actually work out. So, Alex, what about for you, though? <laughs> What's your uh, so, I guess I didn't really ever think about what I was actually going to do probably until senior year of high school, but I just know I always liked the thought of being an engineer because I was just drawn to designing and building things. I was always interested in structures around the world, like bridges and buildings, and um, I was always marveled at big construction projects, so I guess I picked a good engineering school and then I went through the engineering majors and I found one that lined up with what I thought would be good. Um, so that's the path I pursued in college and I picked mechanical engineering in the end and that's what I continue to do after college um, uh, as my nine to five job. Um, <laughs> yeah. We make it feel like it was such a straight path, but then <laughs> reminiscing back, definitely there were some roadblocks and some things that came up where I was like, can I really be a photographer? Like, is this really a, like a path I can take? Like, especially in college, I think I tried applying to so many organizations because I wanted to pursue photography in college as well. I'd done that in junior high and I'd done that in high school. And I actually ended up applying to the yearbook staff, but there is no openings. I ended up applying to the newspaper staff, but I was the first runner up. And Kelsey, you'll appreciate this. I actually got my first job as a photography office manager because of the business honors newsletter. Oh, whoa. <laughs> you got an N. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, I knew a guy. So, oh, you knew a guy. That's how it always works in the business school. You know, you got to know somebody. <laughs> um, but um, so what were some of... Well, I'm, I'm kind of thinking of this different angle, Katie, for you, knowing that you went straight into entrepreneurship and starting your own photography business full time right out of college. And um, you were someone that um, you were in university honors, I'm pretty sure. Right. Which is a really. Was I was that true? A, yeah, I was a marketing major and then my double major was business honors. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that's a high distinction and I'll just be really honest. A lot of people in that there's like this culture of, I'm going to um, get the, like the big flashy job with this um, company that has a very easily recognizable name and it could get competitive in a race to 
um, just a very select few similar paths that everyone's going for. And for you to say, actually, I'm, I'm not getting this, um, I'm not putting my time in for these two years at this, doing this standard thing that most people do. I'm going straight into um, starting this business that I feel called to. Uh, what was that like? I'm sure it must have felt a little bit like going against the grain. Yes, honestly, part of it was pretty terrifying. And I think especially I was really feeling that the end of senior year because all of my friends were applying for these amazing jobs at big four accounting firms and um, doing these positions or going for these positions where they would really be able to climb the ladder and become very successful. And it felt really funny when they would ask me, oh, like, how are your interviews going? Like, how's the career fair? And I had to tell them, actually, like, I'm not doing any interviews at all. I haven't even stepped foot in the career fair. Because by that time, I basically knew that I wanted to dive straight into entrepreneurship and be a full-time wedding photographer. But it was really hard to explain to people, especially um, in the business school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you did come across... Um, maybe some comments that were questioning or people just didn't know what to do with your answer. Like, what? This doesn't fit into my context to what I feel like we should all be doing. Um, or if there were any kind of hard questionings from family or friends, like, how did you stick to your guns? <laughs> yeah, I think I actually received different feedback from my family and for my friends. So I'll talk about my family first. So luckily I come from a family of entrepreneurs. So it didn't really come as a shock when I wanted to go full time with my business. I think actually my parents were the ones who I really had to work on to convince them that I was going to be successful, not because they doubted me, but just because they really wanted me to use my marketing degree, which is totally understandable. Um, but I can definitely say that I would not be the business owner I am today without all of those business courses I took while I was at A&M. Mm -hmm. So I do think that I use my degree every day. Um, so they were pretty supportive of me. And I feel like it was a little more difficult to explain my career path to friends, like you mentioned, people who are already, you know, in the same stage as life as me, but going a completely different path with their careers. So when I first became a full-time photographer, I would definitely let people's comments indirectly impact the way that I viewed my job because it can be really hard to say that you're a photographer um, when your friends, you know, are doing these things that just seem so impressive. And I'm so proud of all of them, um, but it was an interesting conversation to have with people. So at the beginning, I would run into old college friends and they would say things to me like, is that enough to keep you busy um, when I told them I was a photographer? And that's a really hard thing to hear from a friend because you realize that being a small business owner is so different than a traditional nine to five. Nine to five. And so it's difficult to voice that you're simultaneously an artist and a manager and a PR rep and a financial advisor all for yourself and for your own company. So... Yeah. You know, as it turns out, your friends aren't purposely trying to doubt your business or your career. It's just that they need to be guided in how to have a, an educated conversation about it. Um, so I feel like the worst situation for me to find myself in ever is when I was in a group of people and no one knew each other. And somebody would ask, so let's all go around and say what we do for work. And then we're slowly going around the circle and people are like, accountant, doctor, lawyer, consultant. And I would, my hands would just start sweating because I'm like, this is going to sound so ridiculous. And then I'm like, I'm a photographer. <laughs> oh my gosh. I am having a physical reaction to this because I lived this over and over and over again, that exact like going around in a circle. And I'm like, great. They're going to be like, oh, okay, whatever, loser. I don't understand what you do. <laughs> um, but I was always actually so glad for your example because you're someone that um, went before me, I was actually one of those people that kind of took the traditional route for the first two years out of school, and we graduated the same year, but little did you know, <laughs> um, those two years, I consistently, I would see your stuff on Instagram, and um, I would be filled with genuine awe, like, 
I wish I was doing something like that. Like she knew what she wanted to do. It was her own idea. Um, no one just like gave her this script for life. Like you're clearly following something that you feel um, like really, really drawn to. Um, and I just thought, dang, like, I, I was a little jealous. I was definitely inspired. I was certainly proud to know someone like that. And so it's funny, like even though now I relate and went through that same experience that you're experiencing or describing of in the beginning, like all these friends not understanding what, um, what I did now that I took the entrepreneurial path as well. Um, I had to remember that I was that person that also might not have understood, but also was like very, very inspired too, even though we don't always get to hear from the people that are inspired and like in full support. Um, but anyway, I definitely looked up to you a lot, Katie. Oh my gosh, I really appreciate you saying that. I'm glad I'm not the only one whose palms start sweating when people start asking about job positions. It's not like we don't like our jobs, but we just, we're so aware that they're different. But mm-hmm. sometimes you really just don't know which way the conversation will go. Like, are you going to get that pushback from someone you thought was supposed to be a little more supportive or um, are they going to be really interested and like really proud of you for doing something different and kind of forging your own way? Mm -hmm. I definitely had to learn how to just let go of expectations from other people or my expectation for them to be supportive. And you mentioning the comment someone said about like, is that enough to keep you busy? (laughs) That sounds like a nice version of what I got a lot, which was flat out. First thing someone would say is, do you make money doing that? Like, do you actually make enough money? I was like, what? That is so rude. (laughs) I think it's just hard for people to conceptualize what your day looks like because it's, you're not showing up to an office. You're not working with coworkers and, you know, reporting to managers. So it's just, uh, it just takes a little bit of understanding uh, from, especially from the business school where everyone probably took a lot of the traditional businessy jobs. And it was just, I think people are turning around and kind of understanding that the work that goes into it and um, how she built everything so yeah it's good to hear that I, I think another struggle too was you know just feeling a little um a little icky every time I really wanted people to know like no like I'm not just a photographer like I'm the CEO of my business like I'm successful but also like you're walking such a fine line because you don't you don't want to feel like you have to justify your successes and like you don't feel like in this small conversation you have with someone that you need to be like this is how many weddings I do per year and you know this is the one time I went to Cabo for a wedding right Um, (laughs) but I've kind of learned as time goes on like how to approach those conversations with people um, how to give a little more grace when I don't really hear like the feedback that I was expecting Um, and then definitely just teaching myself to own those conversations and to really lean into those hard conversations so that I can voice like how much I love my job and like how passionate I am about it. Mm -hmm. Oh man, I could have, I wish I could have taken a master class from you on how to handle this by the time I actually hit this stage, (laughs) because it seems like um, this approach that you took or this perspective of, okay, I'm going to have grace. And as both of you have mentioned, they just don't understand and that's okay. And the way that they voice their initial questions, I'm just going to have grace for because it might not be, even how they intend for it to come off. They are just a little surprised and it might sound a little abrasive, but then you seem to have taken also this ownership of an educator type role. Like, that's okay. I'll just show you a little bit of what it's like. But um, I I definitely relate to that uh, question of, wait, okay, I, I'm happy to take this educator type role, but how do I not come off as, let me tell you, I'm doing fine, <laughs> you know? Exactly. So such a balance, um, but it's so good for listeners to hear that perspective as well. Like this stuff, it happens, but it, it does get easier as you have more of these conversations and it's worth pushing through. Um, and also it, it like it does inspire and educate others. Um, so I'm curious, give us the deets of like, how did you get this photography business off the ground? Well, definitely all started just I would say the year I graduated and I had made the decision I really wanted to go full-time. So we graduated in the summer of 2016 and then we were married the same summer. 
And then we moved our lives to Houston and I basically made a makeshift office in our living room. My desk was essentially our couch. And so Alex would get up every morning and he would go off to his nine to five, his mechanical engineering job. And I would basically hold myself inside and I would work nonstop just creating, you know, new marketing materials. I'm trying to reach out to prospective clients. I was blogging every single photo session I did, which is very different than how I do it now. But anytime I would photograph an engagement session or a bridal session, I would make sure that everyone knew about it. I would put that out there on my blog. Um, So essentially, I worked so much that I was working overtime um, to the point where some days I'd be like, did I even go outside today? Like, did I even see the daylight? Which I wouldn't recommend, would not recommend working at that um, pace forever. But in those beginning months, right when I had graduated and I still had that fire and I was so determined to basically prove um, that I could have a successful business, I was full speed ahead. And so I definitely believe there are seasons of hustle and then there are seasons of realizing that everything you've worked so hard to put together for your business can actually work for you with you not having to be there to control every little bit of it. Mm-hmm. So I really just full force was in hustle mode and that kind of actually would bring us into how I decided that I needed a business partner. <laughs> yes, do tell. I was just start, starting to get so curious like Alex, when do you come in the story? How did you become partners and decide that and oh, oh my gosh, so many more questions about like also how the heck you balance a full-time engineering job plus this. But anyway, <laughs> start with the story of how you began as a partner in the photography business. Yes, so This is a fun story. It starts with the summer before we graduated. I was working as an office manager slash associate photographer for another local wedding company. And so I was in College Station um, with with no roommates for the first time ever um, for the whole summer. And so I felt like I had a lot of free time. You know, I would go to work and then I would come home and I was like, okay, I need something to fill my time. I need a hobby. So I decided to buy a film camera, which is, if you're a non-photographer, very different than digital photography, which you're probably more accustomed to. And so I made it my goal, hey, I'm going to use this film camera. I'm going to teach myself like this new hobby. Yeah, it turns out got too busy, didn't touch the film camera at all. And then a year later, Alex remembers like, hey, don't we have a film camera? <laughs> I'll let him take it from there. Yeah, so pretty much around spring break time I was like oh I remember you had that film camera we never actually like took it out of the packaging or did anything with it and then I just was like I want to learn how to use it and she was like sure go ahead if you can figure out you can you can use it we'll go buy film and uh, we'll take it on spring break with us and so that's how it started I just was always intrigued by it and, and then one time I just remembered we still had it and I just wanted to go forward and just so- try out the medium yeah <laughs> Um, budding love for photography emerges (laughs) and just everything really clicked with me I feel like I just learned it I just picked it up and I loved it it was um it was a lot of the technical aspects of photography and I feel like that's how I got good at taking pictures was using that camera um yeah I feel like Alex really learned to excel with landscape photography and other pictures of nature Mm -hmm. Um, and so then the next natural step was teaching him how to take pictures of people. (laughs) Yeah, I did, uh, in a wedding dress. (laughs) Yeah. So for about a year, I guess I just did landscapes or whatever I decided to take pictures of. Uh, Katie was going to like a state park to do a photo shoot. I would just go hiking and, uh, just wander around, take some pictures and just enjoy the process. So I would say it starts with this film camera. I basically transfer the ownership to Alex. He masters the art. I realize, hey, he could be a really great photographer. Maybe I could train him just a little bit to take pictures of people, to take pictures more of this, of what like I would take pictures of. Um, And so that was him learning the craft. And then on the other hand, since we were married, spend a lot of time together and I would she would show me her work and I guess 
it was not an exact point. It was kind of like she would just introduce me slowly to her um, business, like her clients' names, where she's going for the weddings. And basically, uh, he was so invested in my business already it, yeah. that it almost already seemed like he was my business partner. Like he knew my clients' names, like he knew what I was working on. So it never really seemed like a crazy idea to work together. Um, so I think when I, you know, gave gave him the suggestion of, hey, like, I have a wedding coming up. They have not hired a second photographer. So, like, would you want to come like come along with me and just be my assistant? Like, they're not paying you. Like, it's n like a no, no high pressure, nothing like that. Like, I'll just give you my backup gear and I'll put the settings the way that I would do it, like on manual settings. And you can just, like, do your best, basically. And it didn't seem like a crazy idea. So yeah. I was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just curious for you, Alex, like how in the beginning it must have felt like, okay, this is new, cool. Like I enjoy photography. Of course I enjoy being with Katie and I'm invested in her business and I want to join her in that. But um, how do you, well, is it difficult at all to feel like you have enough of a break or does it, how do you combat feeling like it's work day to work day and then like work weekend is so yeah to get into that like how do I go from a nine to five and then do a weekend job every week yeah. uh so I guess you just have to love the work and love the person you're working with I mean this side job has oh. never really felt like a side job it's really just a just another part of my life um and I truly enjoy it. So I approach it with enthusiasm, even though it's addition, an addition to my weekly workload. Um, and I've, I guess that's really how I just, if you want to have the energy to go forward, go forward with it, you will have the energy. And it's, it's not hard for me, I guess, because I, I do just really like working with Katie. <laughs> Aw, well, we're meant for each other. <laughs> um, so how... What are the best and the hardest parts about working together as a couple? Ooh, I would say, we'll start with the, the best part. So I would say the <laughs> yeah. best part, well, basically is that we are high school sweethearts. So we're used to always being together. Like we've been together for 10 years at this point. So honestly, being able to line up our schedules so that even though Alex has his nine to five during the week mm -hmm. and then he comes home and maybe I'm already leaving to go to a shoot. We knew now that like we would have those weekends together. So whether we were traveling out of town for a wedding, or even if it's just local, that was just built in time for us to spend together. So I think, you know, that was the big thing really. That was another yeah. big aspect of it is getting to have weekends with her. Not that before it was a burden. I just really enjoyed having the time with her and then, we both had this shared thing that we liked, which was photography. And I never thought I could jump into doing weddings with her. And, but um, it definitely was that natural progression just because we always, we just really value spending time together. And um, that's the way it kind of led us, led us to working together. Um, yeah. And I think going off of that too, like we get to share in the joy of the successes of our business yeah. together. And we know it's something we've built together. It's just another way that we get to be on the same team. Um, and we get to celebrate all of our couples at their weddings and preserve their memories for them. So it's just, it's so much deeper too than just having um, a husband and wife team business, but also just the meaning behind what we're doing. We're so passionate about um, two, yeah. watching two people unite as one under God. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Oh my gosh. I oh, I have all sorts of uh, curiosities in my mind about like, you see so many weddings. I'm sure that you could just, we should do a whole podcast like, here, listen, ladies, here's the lowdown. Here's like what you should do, what you should not do. Here's what's basic. Here's what's a great idea, in my opinion. Um, I've just thought of that before and kind of chuckled like, wow, you see it all, all the time. But um Okay, I'm not gonna let y'all escape though. Like the hardest part of working together. Um, what have you yes. experienced and how have you grown through that? Uh, so I would say the number one thing would be critiquing each other's work it can be a sensitive oh, yeah. topic, even though it could be necessary for growth. And it, just learning how to do that in a respectful and encouraging way, it's, 
that was a challenge at first. I guess it's still always a challenge because. Yeah. The, I think the key really though is even though, you know, you have to give feedback to your partner, um, just realizing that you're not doing it to be mean. Um, you're doing it so that you have this open dialogue with each other so that you're both like moving forward together with whatever problem you had or whatever thing you need to improve on. You're moving together as a united front and you're using what you've learned to improve the next time. Um, but you have to remember like there's a certain way to do that where you're showing grace. Um, you're still pointing out the positives and reminding that person, you know, like you're the best teammate I've ever had, but I just need to tell you this one thing. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So y'all are like, ultimate pros at the sandwich method I'm assuming (laughs) like compliment feedback compliment but it seems like even a step above that like let me affirm your your (laughs) status in my heart in my life like you're the best partner ever but then also like make sure you get it from this angle please thank you so much you're giving away my secret (laughs) (laughs) oh dang it oh now you know that was the framework behind all of her feedback (laughs) (laughs) No, that was definitely one of our big challenges is just feedback. And then the other thing we talk about too is learning how to turn off, like thinking about your business and constantly talking about your business. Because even though you love it and you're passionate about it, you have to be really intentional with your free time, your quiet time, um, just like not talking about it all the time. That was something that was hard for us at the beginning. We've definitely gotten a little bit better with some tactics we've been trying out. (laughs) Yeah, mainly having defined periods of certain activities or um, business, uh, just for like example, brainstorming, brainstorming or, or taxes, like just setting aside the time to do the one thing so you're not sitting on the couch at midnight being like, oh, let's do the blah, blah, blah. Because yeah. it can be really easy to just, that was a struggle for the first year or so. It really just, the boundaries weren't very defined. So mm-hmm. everything would be at any time of the day and it would be yeah we've come so far since then though yeah yeah now it's more like hey we have this big project coming up let's find a time to go for coffee this week go somewhere different change the setting sit down like get out that notebook and pen and just like straight up brainstorm for a couple hours mm-hmm. i would love to hear a little bit more of your heart behind the work like why do y'all care so much about being wedding photographers specifically? Yeah, I think we're really passionate, obviously, about creating beautiful art, um, but we also want to be a really helpful resource for our brides during the special time in their lives, and I think we really enjoy the process of, like, walking alongside them, giving them resources to make their wedding journey easier, um, and also just during our time together, too, like, stressing to them that, hey, the act of becoming husband and wife takes center stage. Um, the details and the planning and all those things are fun. But at the end of the day, like you're on this journey right now so that when you're standing up there at the altar, you're remembering the sacrament of marriage. And that's something as a married couple that we're super passionate about. So it's exciting to be able to walk alongside people in that stage of life and just kind of be um, some encouragement for them and, and to just leave their day as a positive experience. No, yeah, basically rain or shine, uh, no matter what happens, you can be married to your best friend and love your life. And that's what we just want to give them. Yeah, I think too, we also really love family legacy and family heritage. And so it just always makes us so excited to think about, yes, we're taking photos of someone's wedding day, but they're going to pass those photos down to their kids and to their kids. And so generations later, people will be looking at these same photos. And so we want to be the best storytellers we can. We want to capture all of those details that are small, the details that are big, and just capture the day in a way where people can feel like they were there at the wedding, um, even if they can't be there. Yeah, helping them tell their story. And so that's how we approach the day. We try to naturally flow through take the picture so it flows through to where from beginning to end you understand them you understand how the day went you can see their friends and family enjoying having a great time and um yeah I think everything it stretches so much further than just taking photos like we love being creative and we love being photographers and capturing moments but 
our heart behind our business really lies with the relationships we make with people and then just helping them document their family legacy. Oh, wow. That is so precious. Oh, sorry. Precious is like a weird word that I feel like should be reserved for like a small dog or a cat. What I meant was that is absolutely aspirational and so moving to hear um, why you do what you do. And now I, I've loved learning from you guys about like how you've learned to be great business partners in your story and how that came to be and how you harmonize and work um, and why you work on wedding photography specifically. But I'm also curious about um, business advice that you guys might have learned and picked up and that you would want to share with people who also aspire to start a small business, whatever that might be, photography or some other creative venture or really anything, because there is some conventional wisdom that I know that you have that applies to it all. So what are some of the main pieces of advice you would want to share? I think the one thing, especially when I was thinking about taking my business full time, that really stuck out to me was thinking about your energy and how you're spending your energy. Um, so for example, I realized in college that I was only able to use my leftover energy after I had studied, after I had been involved with these organizations and made straight A's and all the things, all I had left to put into my business was that leftover energy. And so I knew that I would never be satisfied unless I knew exactly what it felt like to put in all of my energy, 110% of my focused attention into my business. Um, so that would be my number one advice. If you're starting a small business, like think about how much time are you dedicating it to, like de dedicating to it right now. And if you had the opportunity to really pursue it, what would that look like? And how much of your time and energy would go towards it? Because I knew for me, like it had to be 110%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. I am so glad to hear that from you because actually for quite some time, I felt some guilt that I didn't try to make my business a side hustle first. I just mm -hmm. dove straight in and I left my corporate job because I, like you're explaining, um, felt that really intense desire to make it a hundred percent. I didn't want it to be a remnant, um, or the end of my day. Um, and in the career path I was in, I just didn't even feel like the remnant existed. <laughs> um, and I thought, oh my gosh, well, why couldn't I have just, um, you know, been one of those people with this heroic story. Like I had no drop in income and I just went straight from like ultimate potential to ultimate potential. And it was already full blown, but there some people are really called to dedicate all of themselves to honor a venture that's on their heart to go pursue. And it sounds like both of us had that feeling and there's no right or wrong way. It's like what works for you. And if you're feeling like you want to do a hundred percent, do a hundred percent. Imagine what that would look like, plan it out and see how you can make it viable as fast as possible, obviously. Yes, exactly. And I think too, I knew I needed to go 100% into my business, but that also leads you, especially if it's a passion that a passion you hold really closely to your heart, um, will lead you almost to feel some burnout sometime. And so I would say my other piece of advice to small business owners is that it's okay if the spark behind your passion feels like it's running low, because that's completely natural to feel like your passion is kind of fading, especially like when times are really tough. Um, but if you can dig deep and really remember what sparked your passion in the first place, then you can always find a way to ignite it again. Um, essentially, never stop learning, never stop believing in yourself. Even when times are hard, just know like you started this side hustle or this business for a reason. Um, and you can always like find that joy again. Don't stop believing. Hold on to that feeling. Yes. <laughs> we were all thinking it. Thank you so much for saying that, Alex. I really appreciate it. Uh, we can't ever get away from that song. We hear it at every wedding, every single weekend. <laughs> <laughs> that must be so infuriating. I don't know. Y'all must love it, but I'm like, mm. y'all, I feel like weddings need an ultimate like playlist refresh. I get frustrated with it always being the same thing. Um, watch my wedding be like no song anyone knows and it's just going to be totally lame except for me. But anyway. The new thing now is a do not playlist. And so instead of saying what you do want to hear, you just say like absolutely do not play like 
this line song or this whatever. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, so, um, I know that networking is obviously one of the biggest aspects that's the main it's the core of your business for service providers or really any business who am I getting <laughs> um, and so what have you learned about that that must have been like the lifeblood especially at the beginning of building your business of making it work yeah I think networking played a huge role especially in the exponential growth we saw with my business in the first year or so so it's really important to get connected with like-minded people. So for me, that was people in the wedding industry. So I would go to meetings and I would meet different florists and wedding planners and fellow photographers. Um, and we found that we were all going through the same thing. So all the same highs, all the same lows, like we could relate to each other in a lot of different ways. So I formed really strong relationships with people in the wedding industry. Um, and then it's exciting when you finally get to work together in real life and you're at a wedding together doing what you love to do the most. Um, so that's been a huge, that's made a huge impact on our businesses of finding those vendors that we really connect with and that we feel really confident, um, like referring to our clients. So I would say that's one part of networking. And then the other part is word of mouth. So especially since Alex and I met in high school, um, people still remember us from our high school days and they're getting married now they um people we went to college with like maybe we were on a study abroad trip with them and then yes. a couple of years later they're like hey wasn't there a girl who was a photographer on that trip so honestly like our network has been a lot of word of mouth which kelsey is the reason that i have not changed my name legally yet i know you're so yes. curious about yeah, my I, business is named after my maiden name still, so. It's because I guess people still recognize you and you have, you had what, like six or eight years or some like really long amount of time where you were working this photography business and you were known for being a photographer under your maiden name. And, but I was yeah. so curious about like, how does that work? Wait, what? Because as someone who has also kind of branded their business with their name, I'm like, how did you just decide, I guess, to stick with that? And have you had any, I guess, when you got married, did you think, oh, wait, should I make it like Katie Jennings photography or what? Yeah, I mean, it definitely crossed my mind. But then in the end, I just realized it didn't seem right to me just because so much of my identity was closely linked to those relationships um, and those networks that I had really built in high school and college when people knew me by my maiden name. But Alex and I joke about this a lot. <laughs> Because it's not like I'm purposely avoiding like changing my name and I don't have a problem changing it. And it's not because it's 2020 and girls can do whatever they want, even though they can. <laughs> um, but it mostly was just because there was never really a convenient time for me to change it. But we're pretty traditional. So I feel like by the time we have kids, we will all we'll have the same last name and maybe we'll think more about changing that business name. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> That's so interesting. Yeah, I loved how I was curious. I was like, wait, is it because of the whole like girl power thing? I don't know. Just like don't change your last name. But no, it's just like, yeah, it seems like there's a whole lot of reasons wrapped up into that. It's never really bothered me either that her name is it's I know her as Katie Hewitt. So <laughs> but <laughs> Confusing for other people, I guess, because they call me Mr. Hewitt at one yeah. which I think is hilarious. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, yeah, I mean, did you have, I guess you were always chill about it, Alex? Like, yeah, of yeah. course, like, why would you change it for now and all yeah, that? I don't know why. I just, it's never really, it doesn't really, not like one of the things I think about very much. I just, she's always been Katie Hewitt to me, and if she changes it, she changes it. <laughs> that's so funny now I'm thinking about like so at y'all's wedding did they not they weren't like and walking down the aisle or I am announcing I mean, Mr. And Mrs. Yeah. All right, sorry Jennings see I did it I just said like Mr. and Mrs. Hewitt Ew, no no we definitely like if I'm filling out like casual like paperwork or something basically that's not legally binding then I'll use like all of my names mm -hmm. <laughs> so that people understand like our connection and like that we're married but I would say like 
it does get a little confusing sometimes having different last names. Like the example that comes to mind is going through the TSA Mm. and they're like, you know, only approach the booth if you're traveling with a family member. And we're like, uh oh, like, how are they going to know that we're related? And so we like go up there together and we show our IDs and they're kind of like looking at us weird. Like, did you not understand the instructions? Like, it doesn't look like y'all are even related. We're like, no, we're married. We promise. <laughs> uh, and they always give you like a really stern face and you're like, oh, listen, I promise. It's fine. Um, the kind of last thing that I'm curious to dig into is for, um, to learn more about for you, Katie, how you feel your business major was so relevant to what you do now. I mean, you said I use it every day. And I just think that's, I was so fascinated by that because we're both small business owners and I happen to feel like I don't use my business major ever. And so I'm almost like, teach me how to appreciate it more. (laughs) So how do you feel you use it? Well, I feel like for me, you like in the industry, you almost have to be a better business owner than you are a photographer just to protect the longevity of your business. And so if you're really using the things that you learn in business school to help see your business through that same type of lens, then you're kind of realizing like, hey, like everything needs to be, um, you basically have to maintain so many different areas of your business for it to stay healthy. And so that's where like accounting comes in. Um, Every time I have to pay my sales tax, my quarterly tax estimates, um, or just have an intelligent conversation with the CPA who helps me. I'm thinking back to those classes. And even though it was surface, um, surface level things I was learning, I still have a better understanding of like how to even approach a topic that could be so scary if you had never even been exposed to it before. And another thing too would be marketing. Like that is so huge in a creative industry, especially trying to reach the clients um, that you want to connect with and like going back to how I never changed my business name. It's because of brand recognition. It's because my brand was already out there and it had such a strength behind it. And it was so easily recognizable that I was like, Hey, I need to just like write it out and I need to stick with that. Um, So I love all things, branding, marketing, website design. It's like my secret passion. If I could do something different, I would be a web designer just because I love, you know, marketing and branding and just all the business school things. Um. Yeah. And so I feel like I know a lot about marketing. I find it really interesting because um, she would be studying in college and I'd be learning all these marketing terms. And actually now I get to use and understand them. It's almost like knowing a different language, another language. Mm-hmm. It, you have all these terms and references and things you can notice in the world and actually put a word to it and like just having a better understanding of the business world. And I feel like I've gained a lot of that just by being with her in college and with her now in her business. Um, So we talk about marketing stuff a lot. I feel like that's the biggest one, especially if you're going to be, it's your own name, your own business. And yeah, which reminds me of like strategically taking like elective classes in college Mm -hmm. that I knew would help me on the road to being an entrepreneur. So I took one small business class where I wrote an entire 40 page business plan about Katie Hewitt photography with the help of one of my classmates, which is so nice to have someone's help digging into this huge project. Um, But I was pretty intentional with the different classes that I tried to take, especially if they were electives. Um, And just in the back of my mind, I was just always thinking like, how can I apply this to my business? Mm. But obviously I kind of had that advantage because I already knew even back in college that that was the career I wanted to pursue. Yes, I could, that must have helped so much having that context and knowing your purpose behind your classes. It's not just, okay, I'm going to convince some recruiter to get me any job at some point. It's like, no, this is for me, for my business. That must have helped you have so much more purpose and a sense of ownership in the curriculum plan that you created and how you went about those classes. And honestly, I'm thinking back to marketing and how, um, I'm sure that you are familiar that for whatever reason, um, business majors like to joke about marketing as if it's like, I'll be honest, like I hear things like it's the easy way. But now I look back and I'm literally appalled for um, 
ever thinking that that was valid because I feel like I am actually a full-time marketer now. And as you were saying, um, when you are a solopreneur, which I know now you're a duo, but you know, you have a very small business, um, you wear all the hats and there is a large part of, especially the initial years where you have to be a better business owner than whatever the actual trade or service that you're uh, providing. And you said that I was like, whoa, word. Yes. Uh, Cause the majority of my time is spent in business activities and marketing, not as much as I do in actual coaching sessions. So I relate to you in that. Um, and now I look back and I think I, there's so much more um, richness and knowledge and necessity to mm-hmm. studying marketing. If you are interested in starting your own business, then um, many people realize, such as myself at the time. Um, and so anyway, if I could have gone back, maybe there's a reason why I'm like, well, I don't really get it, Katie. I don't think about all that I learned in college. It's because I was a supply chain management major. <laughs> what? And you were like, marketing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't have many uh, logistics to run or packages to ship in my business since it's uh, no physical yeah. products. <laughs> no, I love that you mentioned supply chain though, because maybe not in like a sending packages kind of way, but just like thinking about different efficiencies in our business and like what's working, what's not working, finding those bottlenecks. There's a keyword. Yes, exactly. Eliminate inefficiencies. Yeah. Those concepts are, you know, so important to our business now. Like I remember in a season of like really awesome growth, just thinking like, I can't be a one woman show anymore. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, realizing like, Hey, if I recruit Alex into my business, like here are all the ways he can help me. And then, um, I outsource my photo editing to a private photo editor. And that was like something I never thought I could let go like control of. Um, but just thinking of it, honestly, from like a supply chain perspective, mm-hmm. there are just things that I couldn't get done fast enough that I just couldn't do by myself anymore. And so just outsourcing basically and like asking for help yeah. has been a huge part of our business too. Wow. I am so grateful to have been able to learn from you guys and also just have a lot of encouragement and inspiration for what it could look like um, being so bold to know what you want and go after it and have so much ambition um, and smarts and how you've built this business and how you've co-created a partnership that is something that flourishes both in your relationship and um, the services that you're able to provide your clients and your business. Um, man, y'all are just <laughs> um, a real inspiration in that way. And I have truly been so grateful for your example um, long before, like in the, I guess, last four years that have led up from me knowing you to having this conversation, both being business owners now, like there was a long time before that where I was like, dang, y'all are are killing it so i've been very grateful to learn from you both what gems of humans am i right (laughs) i am so grateful for this conversation with katie and alex and as i promised i'm giving you this bonus clip at the end of this episode to help you really distill the lessons from what they have done exceptionally well so you could implement their wisdom and get tangible results if you're hoping to start your own business one day, which I know that is a dream for many of us, or at least just a fascination. And there's something that we could learn, anyone can learn from what I'm about to share that I've observed in their amazing uh, wisdom. So the main points I want to bring to you are centered on the topics of networking and how to become that go-to person that people remember when they need the service you provide. And these are small actions I've noticed Katie take over the years that have yielded some big results, which I've learned from and implemented in my own business. Um, Even though my business is very different from Katie's, you know, as a career coach and speaker and a podcaster, um, it doesn't matter. These lessons are something that we could all really implement too much success. So hear me loud and clear on this first point, because it's one we're prone to skip over, but the importance of it, it just can't be missed. So the the point is the foundation to business success is intentional relationship building. 
I could hear your eyes rolling. You're like, obviously, but are you doing it? Do you know exactly what that means and how to do that? Maybe most powerfully, especially in the beginning as um, your business would be in the fledgling stage. Let me show you what I've learned from Katie. So here's some small things to help others um, with to start building that brand recognition and how to actually do that intentional relationship building. So in the beginning, as you're thinking about what um, business you might want to create, product or service you want to take part in and serve others with, think about how you can serve others, even if it's for free, um, to just start building brand recognition and become known for something. So I'm going to share an example of how I saw Katie do this really well. So when we were on our study abroad all those years ago, one of the assignments we had to do to get class credit for the trip was to make a photo album of all our experiences on the study abroad. And it was actually quite the assignment. It took a ton of time to create these Shutterfly albums. And we all quickly found ourselves realizing, oh my gosh, I am not as good at snapping high quality pictures as I thought. And I'm running out of things. And I, I just have these random pictures of me and my friends. And I'm not good at capturing all the sites. And my photo album is gonna end up turning out like trash. <laughs> in comes Katie to the rescue. So throughout the trip, she was capturing incredibly beautiful, high quality images of the cities we visited, the companies we visited, as well as group memories from the trip. Then when everyone towards the end was starting to get in a panic, like, oh my gosh, I'm really going to have to take this photo album seriously. And I wish I had um, high quality shots to use as my like cover photo images and all this stuff. That's where she comes into the rescue. And she shared um, some of her best uh, landscape and group images with all 80 students on the trip so they could freely use them to enhance their photo albums. You better believe everyone was crazy grateful. And by the end of the trip, everyone knew Katie's name. Everyone remembered her for her talent with photography. Her images were truly breathtaking. You know, on Instagram, I might do a little fun exploration and show you my photo album that I created for the trip and it has some of Katie's images in it but yeah we remembered her we were so grateful we're like wow that's the chick that's really good at photography and um she built that rapport and friendship with people um through that and I'm sure well I know for a fact that planted in some people's minds that they could envision working with her in the future and even recently I saw that she has um she has been hired as a photographer for several people's weddings who were students on that trip all those years ago. And this is what I'm talking about. That's how just being generous with your talents and becoming known for something like consistently show uh, uh, what are, what's the word? Sowing the seeds. That is what flourishes into having brand recognition. So you're the go-to person that years down the line, when someone's like, you know, I really need this type of service, they think of you and call you. Um, and that's something that in the hastiness of like, oh my gosh, I just wish that my business was an instant success. And people just came to me and like, hello world, I, I'm a career coach now, I'm a photographer now. And it kind of seems like out of nowhere, um, people will, it takes time to build that know, like, and trust factor. And we could start off so much stronger if we were just more consistent in the beginning and putting our talents out there so um, that when it is a full-blown service for people to hire you for, like you are already that go-to person. So I wanted to share that that's a little case study of what I know Katie has done so well and it's inspired me. Um, so I hope it inspires you. If you want to start a bakery Take this as a lesson to start baking for friends and gatherings. Be really generous and show up consistently for people. If you want to start a consulting business of some kind or a coaching business of some kind like mine uh, to help people with a specific problem, start helping people for free. Be humble and express that you're just wanting to learn and help. Anyway, I hope that this has encouraged you 
to start sowing seeds, um, serve, serve for free in the beginning, um, be generous with your talents, embrace starting small and staying consistent and have faith that when you're sowing those seeds, a crop will come eventually, maybe even in surprising ways and in surprising amounts of time. Again, an example in my business is I kind of thought in the beginning, I would have this really clear um, lead generation process like, oh, I meet someone, they're interested, we talk one time, they become a client. Um, as I've grown, that is more often the case. But in the beginning, you and even still, you would be amazed. It's like, I talked to one person, and we have a casual, just friendly conversation in a social setting. Um, they learn about what I do. I'm not like pitching in any way. I'm just like, oh, yeah, I do this, whatever. They might check out my podcast once or twice. And then eight months from then, all of a sudden, they're like, actually, I need this help. I've been trying to figure out my career on my own and I'm just sick of being stuck here, spinning my wheels in analysis paralysis. And it is time to go. I want the accelerated path. And then they're like, book a call the next day, pay in full. And we start working that together that week. You will never know. So just consistently, um, plant those seeds and have faith that you will get a return on that. So anyway, these are all lessons that I have been learning and enriched by as I have gotten to witness Katie and Alex's journey. And I'm so grateful for this conversation that I've gotten to have with them. And I hope you are as well. Do not forget to visit them at katiehewitt.com to see Katie and Alex's incredible work. And you can also visit them on Instagram at katiehewittphoto. And all of that will be linked in the show notes as always. And I will see you next Tuesday.